Well, praise God. Well, we're blessed this morning to have Brother Ivan and Kendra with there and uh, with us and their boys. And so, if you don't know who Ivan Tate is, if this is the first time you've been here, uh, Ivan Tate's my best friend. Been working together for years and years and years. Uh, all the the work in Casa Angelina, the orphanage, it's all their ministry and what's come from there. We've been working with them, supporting them for years and years. And so uh, I, I can just tell you this. You don't, I, I want you to know how, how uh, special you are this morning, all right? Because I know that Brother Ivan could be in any church anywhere in the United States. That's the truth. Any church anywhere in the United States, he could be there this morning. But he loves you guys. He loves to be in Utopia. He loves to come out here. And so, praise God, we get to have the blessing of having the best. Amen? Amen. So y'all give him a hand clap. Brother Ivan, come on up. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Good morning, everybody. All right. Well, give somebody a hug next to you. Say, I'm not waiting anymore. I've been waiting for 32 days. I need my money. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Yes, I have my daughter, Kendra, who will be ministering with me tonight. And then also my grandson, Tate. Stand up, Tate. The jungle wild man, Tate, right there. Very powerful, very anointed man of God. He loves the Word of God. He loves Jesus. I'm very proud of him. He is just the most pure-hearted, anointed young man. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He loves knives. <laughs> Has many, many, many knives. And I just gave him one. Where's the one I just gave you yesterday? Yeah, it's, it's a bracelet knife. So, I mean, that comes out, and it's, so it's just serious right there. So I told him, anything happens, run up to me. Give me that little... Then we got Brother Justice. Stand up, Brother Justice. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Justice is a powerful young man, man of God, really anointed, loves Jesus, loves the Word of God, loves his Papa, and uh, I really like you a lot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hopefully you know my daughter, Kendra. Stand up and give him a shout, Miss Kendra. <laughs> Kendra is our prophetic child, and uh, basically that means she weeps the whole time she talks, <laughs> and you will weep with her. <laughs> it's very hard to listen to Kendra for me because it drains me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just weeping. <laughs> Bethany is joyful and happy, but Kendra, holy love. She's going down into the root system. Uh, so try and be here tonight if you can. I know it's not a usual thing for some of you to come to church Sunday night, but uh, if there's any way that you could pull it off, it would be a blessing to you. But um, we're going to show you some pictures to start with of one of our kids. And uh, you know Suseli because she's been here not all of you do, but some of you do. And this is when we got Suseli. She was about six years old, very uh, sexually abused by family members and uh, neighbors and strangers as well. And uh, this is a little bit after that. 
So that's that's Suseli today. And she's, uh, I think, 20 years old now. And Suseli uh, is a genius. There's no other words to say it. She's a genius, intellectually a genius. When they tested her, they told us that there was no profession she could not do. She said she, she could pick any profession and succeed at it. That's her IQ. Imagine where she comes from. It's a miracle. And so uh, Suseli uh, got accepted to the University of Madrid. And so we want to show you a little video of her first day there. And she is... Hi, I'm Suseli. I'm here at my campus at the University in Madrid. And I want to show you a little bit of it. Oh, okay, so that's the soccer field. And the building over there is the gym. And that's so cool. And then, <laughs> it's really close. Everything is close to where I live. And that's the building, see? Where I'm gonna be doing most of my classes. And I wanna thank you too, because you have supported me. And thanks to you, I'm here. And I thank God, because he's using you to help us and make our dreams come true. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, I don't know if it gets any better than that. I mean, really, it's, woo, man. <laughs> so anyway, she got accepted there, and she's enrolled now. She's in the school for aeronautical engineering. So it's pretty impressive, you know. She's having some level of algebra I've never heard of. She says, oh, it's easy, it's easy. I mean, it's, uh, you know, very, what's really great about it is that Kimberly, my wife, uh, pretty much forced all of our college children to be uh, fluent in English. What we didn't know is when she got there to the university, the classes are in English because they're part of the European Union, and so it's all of Europe, so people are there from all of Europe in that school. Well, because she speaks English, they, they do the lecturing in English, but they ask the questions in Spanish, and then the professors give the answers in Spanish, and then they lecture in English. And so some of the students are lost, but she's not. And so, you know, she's going to be an amazing, this is her dream uh, to do this, and uh, I think her tuition was uh, $14,000, which we already have, all that money. Uh, the two different churches said would pay half and half, and and now we're just raising her food and her lodging, which is about fifteen hundred dollars a month, and I've already got uh, five hundred dollars of that raised as of last week. So I'm trying to get about twenty people to give fifty dollars a month. If any of you are interested in helping with that, uh, either way, I'll get it. You know, in the next couple of weeks. So praise God, and if you want to share that blessing, it's up to you. If not praise God. You know, you have other blessings. You will be sharing it. So. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2 this morning. And uh, as we begin this morning, a two-part thing, to, this morning then tonight, uh, I want to talk to you about your relationship with God's Word. And I want to talk to you about the fact that as a Christian, if you are a Christian, how many of you are Christians? How many of you believe you're a Christian? As a Christian, God has given you one form of food. And that food is the Word of God. 
So if you don't eat the word of God, you will go into starvation, and eventually you will end up in famine. So today, as you and I are sitting here, uh, the majority of Christians are in a word famine. They are literally starving themselves to death because they don't have a relationship with God's word. Many of the people that go to church and have a Bible think that all it takes to have a relationship with the Bible is to have it in your house, sitting somewhere. And so I, I want to give you the, the insights today that if you do not have a relationship with God's word, Three things will be damaged in your life. Many more than that, but three major things. One is your perspective about everything, your perception about everything, and the conclusions you make in your life. Without the Word of God being your guide and your teacher and giving you light and illumination, your life as a Christian will be a deception. So many of the things you experience as a Christian man or woman will actually be false because they are not rooted and founded in and on the Word of God. So your relationship with the Word of God is the most critical part of being a Christian, is that you have an intimate relationship with God's Word. Now, a lot of us don't know how to do that. We actually don't know how to have a relationship with God's Word. So I'm going to give you that information if you want it, so that you can change your perspective, your perception, and your conclusions, and at the end of life, your harvest will be pure. Rather than having a harvest full of weeds that change God's face, change God's personality, change God's motives, change God's character, change God's intentions towards you, you can have the pure, beautiful experiences that God has promised you in his holy word. Praise God. And I'm going to give you some very powerful statistics that some of you are going to have a hard time believing, but you can go on YouTube and check them out for yourself. Um, but let's read a few verses out of the Bible about the Bible. Hebrews 4.12, the word of the Lord is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you as a Christian do not understand what I just said, there is a reason for that. If the words that just came out of my mouth are a mystery to you, if everything I just said is some kind of, you know, Greek language and you don't understand what I just said, it's because your spirit is closed off to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to resurrect your power to perceive and understand the Word of God, the way God means it to be understood. Two, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. Okay? Three, Jeremiah 15.16, I found your word and ate it, and it became to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Praise the Lord. Psalm 1, 2, and 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither. Praise the Lord. Joshua 1, 8, let not the book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate in it day and night. Be careful to do everything that is written therein, and then you'll find success and prosperity for your life. 
These are very powerful verses of Scripture. And then Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. As a good Christian, a godly Christian, and a Bible Christian, your responsibility is to ask hard questions and give yourself honest answers. That's your job. If you can ask hard questions and give yourself honest answers, you will not be deceived, nor will you be disappointed. So the question is what I just read right there, singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ask yourself if that is something you have ever experienced or can even relate to what I just said. If you're honest, many of you will say, I have no idea what that is. That will be the honest answer. And that is good. Because once you're honest with yourself, then God has something to work with. He has something he can bless. Praise the Lord. Okay? So let's look at some of the things about the Bible that you may not know or you may know that are very important to know because of the importance of the Bible in your life as a Christian man and a Christian woman. Okay? Number one, the Bible says that God's word is everlasting and unchanging. That's Psalm 119, verse 89. John 10, 35 says, The word of God cannot be broken, shattered, or imprisoned. Praise the Lord. Then uh, 1 Timothy 3, 16, The word of God was breathed on by God and is the illuminated, inerrant word of God. Praise the Lord. And then you have Hebrews 4, 12, which I just quoted. The word of God is quick and powerful. And then Matthew 24, 35, the word of God is timeless and shall never pass away. Okay? Then uh, uh, Revelation 22, 18 and 19, the word of God is perfectly perfect and complete with no flaws in it. Praise the Lord. Then you have Ephesians 2, 20, the word of God is the foundation for all your belief system all of your values, and all of the things that you're going to build that are eternal and that cannot be destroyed by time or by people or by the devil or by philosophies or by ideologies or any other kind of belief system. The word of the Lord is the foundation for everything you will ever experience that is good in your life that is going to last. All right? All right, Matthew 5, 17 through 18, not one single dot or letter of the word of God shall ever pass away. Praise the Lord. Okay? And then Psalm 119, verse 89, the word of God is totally authoritative. It has the total authority of God in it. And finally, God honors his word above his name. So that is a very powerful thing. These are some very important things. Why are they important? Because the word of God, by what I read to you, is an eternal thing. So God, the Bible says in Hebrews, holds the universe together by the power of his word. God said, let there be light. And just last month I read that scientists have just discovered uh, 300 and something thousand new galaxies that they did not know existed. And 
they have also found out that the universe is in a perpetual state of expansion. It is actually growing as if it is a living thing, alive, creating galaxies as it goes. Because at the beginning, when God spoke in Genesis 1, let there be light, he has not told the light to stop. So it is continuing to expand out. And there's nothing mankind can do about it except stand in awe and say, where does this end? It doesn't end till God says it ends. Praise God. All right. Having said that, the word of God being eternal, think of it like this. If you put the word of God inside you, you are then putting a piece of eternity inside you. If you put a piece of eternity inside you, it is that piece of eternity that the devil cannot manipulate. It is that piece of eternity that is going to make you last and will not cave in, collapse through stress, pressure, trials, or fears. So anything about the Bible that you put inside your brain and inside your spirit becomes a living thing inside of you because it is the Bible. It is alive inside you and therefore gives you the powers, the superpowers of the word of God inside you. Therefore, anybody who says they're a Christian and is void of the Bible is then subject to invasion by the lies, temptations, trials, fears, stresses, addictions, pleasures, carnalities, demonic influences of the world. So the less of God's word you have in you, the more seducible you become to the ideas and philosophies that are floating out there that do not agree with the word of God. Amen? Everybody with me so far? Give each other a hug right now and say, all right, you don't have to pay me during the service, but afterwards, you got to pay me. Praise the Lord. Okay, so the number one researchers of the Bible and of Bible facts and of Christianity are called Barna. Barna Research. You can look them up, and they give statistics on all kinds of Bible things, and, and they're very reliable and, and somebody you can trust with the statistics that they give. Let me give you a few statistics. Number one, uh, 80% of all Christians, 80% of all Christians have never read the Bible all the way through. 84% of Christians do not have a biblical worldview of the world. They have a worldview that comes from spiritualism, our Buddhism, our Hinduism, or some other ism. Their worldview is not born in and from the Bible, because obviously you cannot know something if you do not know something. So you are going to have a worldview. You have one. Every one of you has a worldview, every single one of you. And you've got to ask yourself the hard question, if your worldview comes from God or if your worldview comes from Buddha. Now, if you're going to be a Buddhist, be a Buddhist. But if you're going to be a Christian and want the benefits of Christianity with all the wonders of it and all the promises of it and all the beauties of it, then you have got to come into the system that God has created to make your life meet, match the promises that are in the Bible. So today, you're, you may not be experiencing what the Bible says you're supposed to experience. Love, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost may not be in your life. 
There is a reason for that. We're going to get into that in a minute. Praise the Lord. Also in this research, that people's worldview comes from all kinds of places. For example, and I don't mean to offend any of you, and please don't get mad at me. I actually like you and want to bless you. Praise the Lord. Okay. But 50% of Christians in America, you know, of how many uh, people do we have in America now? Over 300 and something uh, million people. So half of those people have never opened a Bible or looked at one. Okay. Now, only 17% of people that are in the Bible, that are in churches today, believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. They think it's just a book of philosophy. Do you understand what I just said? So the majority of people who claim to be Christians actually don't believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. Okay, so that's serious because the actual playbook, the rule book, the, the book of God's will and plan is being rejected as just a normal book. And so that is very dangerous for you because obviously what can you get out of something that is normal when you actually need something supernatural? Praise the Lord. And then Barna himself describes frequent Bible users. And this is how he describes frequent Bible users. Anybody who reads the Bible at least four times a year. <laughs> Look it up, it's right there. Four times a year. So you are a frequent Bible user if you read your Bible four times a year. Are you here so far? Ask yourself hard questions and don't get offended at me with what I'm about to do. One, you are here in church but may not have a Bible with you. Don't get mad at me. You are here in church and have not read your Bible ever all the way through. Don't get mad at me now. You are here in church and when you do read the Bible, you fall asleep. There's a reason for all this. You read the Bible and you do not find it joyful, inspiring, life-giving, life-changing, anointed. You do not feel the presence of God. You do not hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You do not sense conviction. You do not sense a feeling of wanting to worship God because of what you're reading that is exciting you and liberating you. You do not have a sense of being set free from fear anxieties, worries, stresses, and other things coming against you. The Word of God is not a help to you. It is a burden. You read it out of legalism. I'm going to read it for 30 minutes. Okay, 30, oh, yeah, there we go, there we go. Okay, then, and Moses begat Matthew. And, and, and you, do you understand what I'm saying? You're, 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 not in, you're not in the river of life. You're just doing something out of a religious obligation thinking that it's what God wants from you, but it's exactly the opposite of what God wants from you. God never wanted you to die in your Bible, to literally read it and just die. Like This is the most boring thing. I do it, thou art this, and this is thou, and them, and this. Let me make a suggestion to all of you. Find a Bible that meets your brain. Find a Bible that matches your brain. If you're a King James-speaking person, get a King James. 
But if you're not, you ought to find one that matches the way you think and the way you speak so that at least you can understand the words that are being written. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five and say, you need help, don't you? <laughs> so we have over 80% of people who do not read their Bible every day. And as Barna said, four times a year. That's the big readers. Yeah, open it and read four times. That's a, that's a, that's a person that has regularly read their Bible. It, it's it's mind-boggling. So I'm going to give you some information that is going to help you today and tonight to change your actual experience as a human being with God, in God, through God, for God, by God. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're a drug addict today and you're here in church or an alcoholic or a pedophile or some other thing, but you also believe you're a Christian, I don't want you to think you're the ev an evil person. I want you to think that you're unfed. You're starving to death. I want you to think about what I just said. Food is what you need, and what you feed grows, and what you starve dies. Praise the Lord. So let me break it down in these three ways. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. Everybody got that? Okay? You are dominated today, every one of you is dominated by one of three things. You're dominated by your body, or your soul, or your spirit. One of those is in charge of the other two. Okay? Whatever you feed the most becomes the strongest and more, most powerful. Okay? If your body dominated, it means that you are a person who is dominated by the appetites of your flesh. Okay? This would be lust, pornography, sexual activity, gluttony, all forms of physical pleasures that you can feel dominate your choices, dominate your time, and dominate where you go to feed. Praise the Lord. So we have... According to Barna again, we have almost 70% of Christian men addicted to pornography and over 42% of women in church. So that's body dominated. No, no, no figures on gluttony, lust, and, and greed, and uh, materialism, and things of that nature. But that's a body dominated person because there's no word in you, then you're body dominated. Soul-dominated means that you're dominated by your mind, will, and emotions. Those three areas dominate the other areas of your life. It means that you make your choices and decisions based on emotions. I'm staying married because I feel love. I'm not staying married because I don't feel love. I'm going to church because I feel the presence of God. I'm not going to church because I no longer feel the presence of God. So this is emotionally dominated people, mentally dominated people. That means your mind is in charge of everything. Uh, and your will is in charge of everything. You're, you practice stubbornness, willfulness, disobedience, rebellion, and things of that nature. So you're soul dominated because you, you're not. The one thing that should dominate your life is your spirit man or your inner man. Your inner man has to be fed the word of God to be strong. That is his food. If you don't feed your spirit, which is conscience, 
intuition, and communion, if you don't feed those three aspects of your life with the Word of God, then your inner man today looks like a skeleton. So when the devil comes with a temptation that your body or your soul like, you have nothing to fight that temptation with because your spirit is so weak that it cannot resist the power of the temptation. The more of the Bible you have inside of you, the living Bible, and I'll explain that in a minute because there's two kinds of Bibles. You have the living Bible inside of you. It has the power to say no to the devil when he tempts you. No. And your inner man, spirit man, is strong because you feed him by memorizing the word and meditating on the word of God, and it gives you the superpowers of Jesus inside you. And when drugs come your way, you say no, and it's not even a problem. Alcohol, no. Sex, no. Whatever it may be, no. Hatred, no. Racism, no. Whatever it may be, you have the power to resist because your inner man is stronger than your soul man and then, and that your, uh, and your carnal man, he's stronger because you've been feeding him the word of God. But if you're a Christian and you're expecting to act like a Christian and be like a Christian and feel like a Christian, you're not going to do it because you don't have the power. And that means you're going to have hatred in your life. You're going to have bitterness in your life. You're going to be anxious and worry and not be able to sleep at night because of anxiety and have torments and have bad dreams. And the worst thing that will happen to you of all the things I'm mentioning is you will become indifferent towards the Bible and towards going to church. Eventually, you will stop going to church, and if you ever watch church, it'll be on TV, and you'll get involved in many other programs and activities and time-consuming things that do not have to do with the Bible, because remember, whatever you're dominated with is what you watch the most on TV. Body, you will watch things that feed your body. Soul, you'll watch things that feed your soul. Spirit, you will watch things that feed your spirit. So you're not crazy by accident. You feed your crazy. You don't want to murder people by accident. You want to murder people because you watch it all the time. And it comes natural to want to kill people. But if you're listening to the word of God and memorizing it and meditating, your reaction is forgiveness, kindness, and love. In, in general cases, I'm not talking self-defense, but I'm talking general cases. In self-defense, you kill the people, but you pray for them as they're dying. <laughs> this is the difference. And I just want everybody to understand in case anybody would try to cause us harm. Everybody's packing here, so just understand. You will not get out alive, but we will pray for you before you die. This is the truth. So think about what I'm saying and and be be and realize you can't be happy because of your husband god won't let your husband be your happiness what are you talking about that's what i'm talking about god will resist you making your wife husband or children the source of your happiness he will not allow it to happen and if you do it, then you will create idols in your life that the Holy Spirit will have to resist. He must be your joy, and from that completion, you're able to truly love everybody God puts in your life, even though they're not perfect. Because some of you already know who's not perfect. 
and you tell them all the time in all the ways that they are making you unhappy because you are starving to death. You are in a famine of the Word of God. What do you think? Anybody? Anybody? You're, are we here? Are we here? What time is it? I'm having fun. Everybody with me so far? So today when you go home and don't want to come back to church tonight, understand that you are ruining your life. <laughs> Just understand that you are destroying your future by not getting the information on how to have a relationship with God that I am going to give you tonight, not today. Tonight. Because you may want to feed your body desires and appetites by watching TV or slumbering in your recliner or whatever other joyful, beautiful things you do that feed your body and flesh or something about your mind or emotions or some other thing. One of the great results of being addicted to the Word of God is you must be around it all the time. And you want to be in church as often as you can because it is your appetite and hunger. I never, ever have an issue in my mind concerning certain people in this church that they will be there if the doors are open. Never. I always know they will be there sitting in their seats because they're dominated by their spirit, not by their body or their soul, because they're feeding on the Word of God. Praise the Lord. But remember, even what I'm preaching right now to some of you will become laborious after, right near 12 o'clock today. <laughs> At about 12, your ability to handle this is going to end. And you i got to get out of here. i got to get out of here. Why? Where are you going? What are you going to do? You're going to feed your body. You're going to get in your truck and relax and get back. You're going to chew your tobacco. Whatever it is you do that feeds the appetites of your body are your mind, will, and emotions. Nobody tells me what to do. I leave when I want. I do what I want. That's right, because you're soul dominated. Because you don't have the Word of God richly dwelling on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. So number one, you may not be able to get victory because your inner man is a skeleton in famine being starved to death. So a hard question. How many Bible verses have you memorized that you could stand up and quote right now as a human being? The answer will be I, maybe three. After 30 years of being a Christian, that means you have mismanaged your time and your life. Two, how many scriptures have you meditated on that you have divine revelation about written down somewhere that you could say to another person, I memorized this verse, and here's what Jesus showed me about it, and it has changed my life. Let me boast on Pastor Robert for just a little bit. I have known him for how long, Robert, do you think? 20 years, 25 years? And I've been through everything with him that he's been through that you don't know about. And he's been through many things. But always, without fail, every morning he will get up 
get his coffee or cocaine or whatever it is he does. <laughs> get whatever it is that he gets. <laughs> he, he gets it. <laughs> and, and, and where is he? He's in the scriptures, searching the scriptures, not for a sermon, not for a sermon, for him to make it through the day to not murder people, kill people, and end up in jail. The Bible has delivered him from jail so many times. And I have been there to witness this marvel. And how many of you could claim the exact same thing? That you had murder in your heart until you went to the Word of God and God went in and took the murder out of you. Because Pastor Robert is not a coward, so he would be willing to murder people. Right? So, you must understand what I'm trying to tell you here. Nothing is going to get better for you if you do not change your relationship with God's Word. It's not going to get better. Your husband, ladies, is not going to magically become the perfect man. It may take 30 years to get him to put the toilet paper back on the roll. It may take 20 years to get him to change his underwear daily. It may take 40 years to get him to stop having gas in front of you. And for you husbands, it may take 45 years to get her to stop criticizing you, finding fault with you, and calling you names when she gets upset. None of you here, but for the people listening to the tape. Because we know in utopia, that does not happen. So, many, many things about that that are very important. Two, if your Bible was a person, how would they feel by the way you treat them? If your Bible was a person, when is the last time you touched that person, spoke to that person, listened to that person talk, or have any relationship with that person whatsoever? Since we read the statistics that nowadays hardly anybody brings a Bible with them, hardly anybody studies the Bible, hardly anybody researches the Bible, and hardly anybody is a doctor of the Bible which all Christians are called to be. The one thing you must do before you die is become a doctor of the Bible. You must personally become a Bible expert. That is your assignment from God on the day you got saved. No excuses. For example, some of you may be under this deception that if you don't know something, you won't be accountable for it. Oh, I didn't know God. Oh, I didn't know God. Oh, I didn't know. You called me to be that? I didn't know. Never heard it. Because it works at home. It doesn't work in heaven. Why? Because of this reason. God does not hold you accountable for what you know. He holds you accountable for what he has made available for you to learn. If a Bible exists within any direction of you finding it, you're accountable for everything written in that Bible. 
I suggest you start studying what you're accountable for so that you can start living what God expects you to live. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a hug right now and say, wow, oh my, GG, holla holla, wow, wow. So what am I saying? Well, you can't be the kind of man or the kind of woman that you want to be without the help of the Bible. God never intended for you to try to be a Christian without his help. Nobody can do it. You cannot do what God wants you to do by yourself. You do not have the intelligence, insight, inner strength, or power to have that level of patience, kindness, goodness, forgiveness, mercy. You're just not like that. We're not like that. We need help. We need help. I can tell you that without the word of God, I would be in jail today. I can tell you that. I would have murdered at least three people. And I am not joking. I would have murdered those people. Kill them. But the word of God and the fear of God of ruining the lives of my children and the lives of my grandchildren and not rescuing orphans and widows and not helping the poor and never having Suseli's story come to fruition because I fed the appetite of my soul and the appetite of my body and gave into it and went out and murdered people who deserved being murdered. The fear of the Lord is clean, and he that fears the Lord will flee from evil. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you have never had the feelings that I describe because you're holier than we are and holier than I am, but I'm just telling you who I am. Praise the Lord. I am a messed up human being that requires the complete and total assistance of heaven to make it through a day. Now, if you're like me, then feel encouraged. If you're a super person without Jesus, God bless you. Glow on. <laughs> but be honest with yourself and judge your life by your fruit. Don't claim things you do not have. Praise God. Would you hug two people and say, this is really good for you. You have needed this for so long. I don't need it, but you really need it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, everybody. Now, if your Bible was a person, your Bible would probably feel totally alienated and rejected. Since you never read it, don't spend time with it. For others of you, you have that Bible with you everywhere you go. At lunch, you take a lunch break, you're in the Bible. You go home before you go to bed, you read the Bible or listen to the Bible. You wake up listening to the Bible. I've gone through the Bible already this year three times. This year. Because I listen to it all night while I'm going to bed. Then I'll listen to it when I'm waking up in the morning. I put my earplugs. I go to bed listening to the Bible. I wake up listening to the Bible because I find that it is the only thing that makes me feel safe and strong and encouraged. It dissolves all of the lies of Satan in my head or my spirit. I don't find that by watching TV. Holla, holla. Look at three people and say, wow, praise God. Sure glad you came to church today. Are you going to come tonight? Go ahead and ask them, what are you doing tonight? Go ahead, ask the people around. What are you doing tonight? 
I'm eating apple pie and watching my favorite shows. Good, you're feeding your appetites. Praise God. Or you could come and learn how to have a relationship with the Bible and all the other benefits that are going to come your way because I'm going to teach you how to meditate. I'm going to teach you how to do all those things that you do not, may not know how to do. And a relationship with the Word of God is going to change your personality, change your physical health, your emotional health, your mental health, change all your relationships, and bring you money. Did you know that if you have a right relationship with the Bible, that your bills will get all paid, and that you will end up owning buildings, owning businesses, paying off properties, and then paying them off for other people? This church just built our entire church at our orphanage, built the whole church. What was that about? Three, $400,000 or something like that? Turn to seven people and say, holla, holla, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> our kids are going wild up there. We have a sound system that's being put in that they're going to hear me for miles around. <laughs> it's at the top, and it just shoots out. It's like the best system you can buy, and it's going out all through the valley. I'm going to get up there all by myself alone at night. I'm going to wake up. People are going to, lights are going to, it's going to travel for a hundred miles. And people from your church did that. Praise the Lord. You know how in, in, in foreign countries they, they do the microphone thing all through the streets. Like that. Ours is real clear. I mean, it just, the hair on the heads of the animals are, the cows are, are you in a famine of God's word? And if you are, why? Let me explain. Two Bibles exist. The Logos Bible and the Rhema Bible. The Logos Bible is the Bible, as it exists, called the revealed will of God, with no illumination of any kind. Reveal will of God. This means there's no one, all, everybody gets the same information when they read it. Thou shall not kill. That's reveal will. Praise the Lord. When you get the rhema, or the divine will, Thou shalt not kill, once illuminated by the Holy Spirit, becomes this. Thou shalt not kill people in your mind. You have the revealed will of God, now you have the divine will of God. And for every single thing that happens in your life, the Holy Spirit will do that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's simple. Don't have an affair with another person. Praise the Lord. But when the Holy Spirit gets in there and speaks that to you, don't commit adultery in your mind with people passing by. Now, you've got the reveal will. Some of you don't have the divine will. You only have the reveal will. And the reveal will of God, the reveal word of God, will put you to sleep. Why? Because your Bible is locked. This is why you're bored, because your Bible is locked. This is why you don't feel the presence of God when you read the Bible. It's locked. This is why you don't get anything out of the Bible. It doesn't jump out at you like flames of fire consuming your brain and you're running around like a crazy person all over the house shouting, glory to God, the Lord spoke to me. That doesn't happen to you. You go, I, say, I don't know, I'm not sure I know what that is. 
No, I don't understand that at all. I don't get that. And you're gone. Because your Bible is locked. Being spirit-filled doesn't mean your Bible is open. Going to church to a Holy Ghost church doesn't mean your Bible is open. The test is what I'm saying it is. What happens when you have a locked Bible? Perspective is twisted. Perception is twisted. Conclusions are twisted. And God is twisted. You got to get this Bible unlocked. Praise the Lord. When your Bible is unlocked, this is what happens. Two men on the road to Emmaus. They're walking along. Jesus has died. They're talking with, to each other. Jesus approaches and they don't recognize him. And he begins to explain himself from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. And it says, when he was done talking, did not our hearts burn within us. When you read the open Bible, this thing called your heart catches on fire and it's in flames. And you literally are walking around with the living, active energies, powers, superpowers, miracles, electricity, presence of God, healing of God, victory of God, revelation of God, understanding of God, life of God, all on the inside of you, in there, just breathing and exploding because your Bible is unlocked. Because you're not in the Logos, you're in the Rhema, and it is alive speaking to you about the situation you're in, the problems you're going through, and how to go through them, and how to solve them, and how to think about it, and how to pray about it, and how to act about it, and how to have interchange about it, because the Bible is alive. All your problems now have something to be resisted with and something to be overcome with because the living Word of God is now active on the inside of you coming out of you and you are wiping the devil out of the path you're walking on because the word of God is going before you, behind you and all around you like a shield and you're protected by the living word of almighty God and you are literally like whoa, man, this is awesome. Ask the hard questions and answer with the truth. Praise the Lord. A locked Bible is a dangerous thing. You see, why do you like to read books about trucks? Why can you read all day about engines? Because you are soulish, and your soul is being fed with intellectual information about something you use every day and that you might even make money at. If you don't use the Bible, once you read it, you have nothing to be motivated with. That's why the Bible cannot just be heard. It must be obeyed. Because once you have some place to put what you're learning, then it changes everything because then your body gets involved and your soul gets involved and your spirit is leading the way. Satan cannot dominate a spirit-led person. They that are led of the spirit shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. All your problems end when you become Bible-addicted, Bible-led, and promise-led. Praise the Lord. Can somebody shout hallelujah and say praise the Lord? That's all for this morning. Look at seven people and say, no, don't stop. Keep going for another hour. Oh, my God. You'll have to come back.
You'll have to come back to Sunday night church. You'll have to go eat your roast with the little potatoes and the little carrots and, and some celery and the little, the little spices. And you'll have to drink whatever it is you drink. And then come back to the church. And you may walk in like a zombie. I can't believe I'm coming back. It better be good or I'll never come back again. Well, that's up to you. I'm just saying, you could be deceiving yourself. You actually could be destroying your relationship with God because you don't have a relationship with the Bible. If you have snake eyes when you read the Bible, what do you mean, snake eyes? It means you read the Bible with bias. A racist will read the Bible and get out of it that all people are less than whatever he is because he has snake eyes when he reads the Bible. Before you read the Bible, the very first thing you do is get on your knees and say, God, cleanse me of all prejudice, bias, and all ideas of mine that don't come from the Holy Spirit so I can behold wonderful truths out of your word. Any predetermined thing that you do already spoils what God wants to tell you. You just have to say, I know nothing, God. Teach me everything. Then purity begins to flow. And when you speak, people know the truth is being spoken because you are not listening with bias in your ears. That's why some people will not go to any other church other than a certain kind of church because they have bias in their ears. But just let me tell you, when you get to heaven, there's no white section, no black section, no brown section, no red section, and no yellow section. You can't go up there to Peter and say, where are my people? <laughs> I, like, I like country western Christian music. I'm sorry, that is not going to happen. They probably don't even speak English up there. Who knows? I was reading this book, My Time in Heaven, and I cannot prove this, nor is, can I say this is scriptural or anything, but it sounded good, and it sounded right, and it sounded like God. But for those of you that have lost children through miscarriages or lost a child or anybody prematurely, especially children, I was reading this. Remember, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying you decide. And it, he's walking down there, the angel's walking him around, and he sees all these children, but they're talking like adults, and they have knowledge, but they're little. He says, what, why, what's this? He says, well, these are the children, and they don't grow up till their parents show up, so their parents can watch them grow. I can't tell you that's true. I don't have permission. God would not let me tell you that's true, but I can tell you that really sounds true. But I'm not saying that's true, because it doesn't come from the Bible. But there's a witness inside of a person. They know what God is like. They know this could be true because of the way my father is. He always finds a way to get back what the devil has stolen. And those of you that have had miscarriages or lost children, they are waiting for you. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a big hug and say, holla, holla. Thank you, Jesus. You may think you've lost something, but you haven't. 
God has ways. Close your eyes for a second. Put on my music and let's think about it. It's 12 o'clock. Well, I know some of you may be checking out, but hey, stay with me for a few more minutes. Here we are in church. It could be like any Sunday in your life. It could be a meaningless day. Or it could be one of those significant moments in your life where you come to a crossroad, a fork in the road, and you decide, what have I done with my time? I have mismanaged my time and not allowed God to make me who I'm supposed to be because I have not fed my inner man. And you may be at that place of conviction right now, saying, oh, I've had so many issues with so many people, and I'm, I have so many enemies. That's because you don't have the love of God freely flowing, because the Word of God is not in charge. You're a soul-dominated person. You may be saying, I need a tender heart, because I've gotten hard. The coldness of people has made me hard. The cruelties of people, the betrayals of people, the accusations, the slanders, the gossip, the backstabbing has made me hard. And I need the help of the Holy Spirit. I need Jesus to come here and help me today to be the man or the woman that I'm supposed to be. It's not a joke. Your entire future is at stake. Without the word of God, you will have a false experience on this earth as a Christian person. You will not have the experience God planned. And you may be deciding right now, I'm going to go out and buy me a Bible, and I'm never going to stop reading that book, and I'm going to get on my knees and ask God to unlock it and open it up and show me the divine revelations that apply to my life. And I will show you how to do all that tonight. You want to get rid of the hate and the torment and all the, the desires you have for things that you know are not of God, the Word of God can burn them, dissolve them, smother them, and burn them down to ashes till there's nothing in there that can catch fire. But before all that happens, you have to be right with God. You have to put yourself in a position of relationship with Him. And what is that? It comes down to one question. Are you 100% sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? If you die in that car, if you die eating lunch, you die in your bed. As many people your age have died, today they will die. Today someone you know may die. Maybe someone died recently prematurely at a young age. Nobody thought it was going to happen, but it does happen, it did happen, and it's going to continue to happen. You don't control death. You can just be prepared for it. If you can be sure, if you can have 100% assurance that when you die you're going to go to heaven, do you want to have that? Is that something you desire? If you want to get up in the morning and know in your heart, if I die today, no matter what, I'm going to heaven. When you go to bed tonight and put your head on your pillow, if you could know, I know. I know. 
because I have a relationship with God and I'm walking with him in fellowship and he loves me and I love him and I know no matter how, when, or where I die, I will be okay and go straight to heaven. That is a peace I never want to be without and I have not been without it for 46 years and I never plan to be without it again. But you may be a person that says, Ivan, I am not 100% sure with no doubts that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And I need to have that in my life. I want that in my life. If I am speaking to you, if you are one of those people that I'm speaking to, and I say to you, do you want God to give you that peace and put it in your heart right now? Do you want God to do that? All I'm going to ask you to do right now, right where you're sitting, is a very simple thing. If you say, I want that peace in my life, all I want you to do right where you're sitting, right now, is to lift your hand high enough for me to see so that I can pray for you and we can settle this issue in your life. Look at all the hands that are going up right now. And I mean, stretch it out there where God can see it without any shame. Say, I'm not leaving this building without having that peace in my life. Stretch those hands way out there th that God can behold it. I see your hands going up. I see your hands going up. There, 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 there. I see your hands going up 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 there. You're stretching them out and God is watching. God is watching. And he said, if you're not ashamed of me in front of people, then I will not be ashamed of you. If you are ashamed of me, then I'll be ashamed of you in front of the, my Father. Look at all the people lifting their hands. Oh my gosh. I would like everybody who lifted your hands to stand up right where you're at and let me pray with you right now. Lift, stand up to your feet if you've lifted your hands quickly without hesitation and let me pray for you right now, right here at this time. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask God to give you a miracle and to put peace in your heart. We have four people standing up out of seven that lifted their hands, so I'd like all the rest of you that lifted your hands to stand up. I don't know why you're not standing up. You need to stand up. Praise the Lord. If you lifted your hands, stand to your feet. Let me pray for you. If you have any doubt whatsoever, we're going to settle this right here and right now. Any of you that are, that are sitting down, would you extend your hands to these four people? Each one of these four people are making a decision. Perhaps it is the first time they have ever done this. Perhaps it is the first time they have ever done this. Their life, like the lives of many of you who have done this, were changed forever. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are sitting, I would like you to do something. I'd like you to ask every person around you, are you 100% sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? If they say, I don't know, would you offer to stand with them right there where you're at and say, let's stand up right now and I'll stand up with you? Would you do that right now? Ask everybody around you and let's see if we can get the other two people to stand up because it's a big deal to stand up in public. It's a big deal. Praise the Lord. So we're now at five people. Are you ready? 
the window is closing. Let's say the prayer now. Before I say the prayer, let me say these words to you. One, you will ask someone to forgive you someday if you haven't already. Some of those people will say, no, I do not forgive you. Two, you will ask people to forgive you and they will say, yes, I do forgive you. But as soon as you do something wrong, they will bring up everything they forgave you for because they cannot forget. Pain is not easily forgotten, especially when it reoccurs. God not only forgives, but he does something for you that he knows you need. He erases it from his memory, just as if you never did it. Do you understand what I just said? Not only does God forgive you for what makes you feel guilty and ashamed, he erases it from his memory, so it's as if you never did it. Because God knows you cannot walk out that door with that monkey on your back and become the full-blown, amazing man and woman of God that you're meant to be with a bunch of shame and guilt and accusations on your back. And so you're being forgiven, but it's also being erased. And you get to start brand new with no mistakes and no accusations against you. For this to become real to you, two things have to happen. You have to forgive the people that have hurt you, as God has forgiven you. And you've got to forgive yourself. Give yourself a break and start brand new. Praise the Lord. Is everybody ready to pray now? Is there anyone else that wants to stand up that did not stand up and say, I need to stand up because I'm not sure and I want to get in on this. I need my life to change. I just want to give you another chance because this is what I do. Praise the Lord. Your soul matters and I am fishing for it. Praise the Lord. I want you to go to heaven. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want my worst enemies to go to hell. Not when I'm mad at him, I want him to go to hell. But when I get over it and forgive him, I don't want him to go. I wouldn't want anybody to burn in the lake of fire for all of eternity. And I don't even love him perfectly. God loves him perfectly, and he, he sees him as children. So your souls are eternal. And I want you to be at peace with God. So let's all pray, dear Jesus in heaven, I repent for all my sins. And I'm asking for forgiveness for everything I've done. I know I don't deserve it, but you want to give it to me anyway because you're loving and merciful and forgiving and kind. So I now forgive my enemies, my relatives, my parents, my friends, everybody that has ever betrayed me, wounded me, abused me, or took advantage of me. Anybody that's ever hurt, anybody that I love, I forgive them for hurting those people in the name of Jesus. And God, I forgive myself for all the people I have hurt that I did not want to hurt and all the people I hurt that I wanted to hurt. I'm asking you to forgive me for that. Forgive me for hurting myself. Forgive me for failing you. 
and failing myself and failing people I love. I can't do it without you. I need your help and the power of your living word inside me. I commit myself to read the Bible every day, to serve you every day, to become your disciple and your apprentice, and to follow you into heaven. From this day forward, I do not belong to the devil. I reject his plan for my life, and I'm going to go to heaven when I die. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from my sins, and I repent and decide to follow Jesus. Come and live in my heart, and stay there, God, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now everybody say it together. I'm going to heaven when I die. Praise the Lord. Now don't sit down yet. Don't sit down. I know you want to sit down, but don't sit down. I want the rest of you to give them a, an applause and celebrate their choices and celebrate their future and let them know that they are not alone in the battle of life, that they have friends and people that will help them along the way. My advice to you is never miss church. I've done this for 46 years. This is my advice. Don't miss church. Make friends of the people in the church. Make new friends. Be discipled. Let people mentor you. Because it's the best life you'll ever have. This is it right here. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you. I love you. And hope you'll be here tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. No matter what it takes. Praise God. All right, everybody. So here's what's happening uh, tonight. I believe it's 6 o'clock. Is that right, Pastor Robert? 6.30 we'll be here tonight. I'll give you part two, the most important part. Hallelujah. And you don't have anything better to do, do you? All right. I won't keep you long. Kendra will be ministering tonight as well with me. We'll split our time, but we'll get everything in that we need to do. Praise the Lord. Uh, so I want to mention that to you. Anybody that wants to help me with Suseli, $50 a month, uh, uh, you can meet me over here, and then I'll give you something. And I'll also, tonight I'll have a, her picture for you to have to pray with her. Uh, if you want to do it through us, that's great. You could do it through the water hole as well. However way, it doesn't matter. Um, and then tonight also we're, of course, always every single place I preach, I'm raising the food for our kids. So all the money we've raised, all the partners we have, we still need 13,500 meals every month. So remember, $1 buys one meal. So do what you can, do nothing, whatever you do, we trust God. He always takes care of it. And this is the most giving church in all of America. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Here comes Pastor Robert. Thank you, everybody. See you tonight. Well, praise God. Ushers, help me. Let's take up our offering. And um, it's like Brother Ivan said that the table's over here. He's got deals. If you want to, if that's something you want to do, sign up to do a monthly thing. Well, then you can just do it through them. You can, you can do it as a part of uh, our uh, $30 a month through the water hole, whatever. Just be a blessing. Amen. But we want to just take up a general offering also. Uh, I know I'm going to see all of y'all back tonight, too, so if you weren't prepared to give an offering, you know, you can bring it back tonight. Uh, we're going to take a head count. No. 
One thing I want you to know, I promise you, I promise you, church, I've never done this with the guest speaker coming in. I did not tell Brother Ivan what I've been preaching. I did not tell him what the vision was for the church about us taking the Word of God and honoring the Word of God and all the things that I've been preaching. I did not tell him any of that. So all of that message you heard him preach was from the Holy Ghost just reaffirming what God's telling us as a church to do. And so, by the way, the plan this week is John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Amen? So y'all can, can get in on that. So look at the person beside you and say, John 14. So, praise the Lord. So what we're doing, uh, Brother Ivan, is every, every, every week we have a chapter, and then the family, we're discussing as a family, and they have to take it apart all through the week, and then, you know, that's what we're doing. So this week, John 14. So, praise God. So get your offerings out. Ushers, help me. Uh, put your hand on your offering. Let's pray over it. Father, I just declare right now we want to bless Casa Angelina, we want to bless Brother Ivan, we want to bless Suseli. Lord, we just want to be a giving church and a blessers. And I thank you right now for blessing these hands, Lord, right now that are giving in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah, so don't forget, tonight we'll start back 6.30. We'll have a short praise and worship and then uh, turn them loose on us. Praise God. I can't wait to hear what the rest of everything's going to be. That was great. Brother Ivan, that was a great message. That was great. I, I don't like those stats. That's horrible. That's horrible to think that that's what the world is. But that's okay. We're not. Amen. Look at the person beside you and say, man, you're doing good. Especially for your age. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. So stand to your feet. Other thing I want to tell you, you ought to check his books out over there, the letters of God for children and the other letters for God. Man, unbelievable things. So check his books out over there. So grab that person's hand beside you. Father, I just declare right now that we hear your voice thundering clearly from heaven to us. And Lord, this church, we're honoring your word. And I declare, Lord, that as we leave tonight, I mean, leave today and get ready to come back tonight. Lord, I just declare we're leaving with our hearts full. We're leaving with a vision and a, and, and, and a revelation. And I declare, Lord God, that you've given us great things. And so, Lord, bless them as they go and bring us all back together again tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.